This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite Double Tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you here once again. And I have Sean Priest with me this Whoa. week. Hello. Oh, did you nearly forget my name for a second there? No, no, I, I did a deliberate pause because you might remember last week. Yes. Mr. Afalalalalo. Oh, that's Made right, this yes. whole thing about, you know, well, why, is, why do I go first? Why doesn't Sean go first? Yeah, me, God me, bless me, him. Me. So, no, 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 he wasn't complaining. He was simply thinking of his fellow colleagues and why he shouldn't get top billing all the time. And you've, you've taken heed of that advice and moved me to the top. And I appreciate that, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you appreciate that. Also, I will say, no Mark this week. Uh, no Mark Afalalalalo, which is why you got pushed to the top. How does that <laughs> I'll feel? I'll take it. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind. I'm taking it. It's a win in my book. That's it. It's, you know what? It is an absolute win. Well done. Congratulations on well, being number one of one. <laughs> Where is the Aflalo anyway? Uh, the Aflalo, I think he's on holiday. Although you never know, because Mark is always working, even on holiday. Oh, yes. yes. Must be so wonderful being married to Mark Aflalo. <laughs> Must be wonderful. I'd love to it's be Mrs. Aflalo. We, we can only dream of it. Yeah. <laughs> so can she. She can only dream of one day actually seeing him. <laughs> ah, how's your week been, Sean? Uh, well, it's been fantastic. It's been a little bit busy, which is unusual for me. But uh, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, it's been good because we've been travelling again. We've been together on together. a road trip, lads on tour, staying in a um, hotel. I, I was going to give a description of it, but I'm going to be kind and just leave a description out. I didn't think it was the best hotel we've stayed in, it was Stephen. Stinking. I don't want to complain. No, it was but- terrible. It was stinking. Thank you. It was. Um, it, it had odd walls. It did. The only good thing was the carpet <laughs> in the lift. I there's some <clears> elevator. Carpet- Remember where you are. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, in the elevator, there was a carpet, which wasn't just on the floor, which would be cool enough, but the walls were carpeted. Oh, it was gorgeous. And whenever I get a nice carpet, I've just got to roll around on it. So I was rolling around the uh, elevator walls. I always remember when I used to watch The Simpsons, there was a, a scene where um, Homer is lying on the grass and he's kind of going, <laughs> and he's yes. kind of rolling around the grass. That was you in that elevator. <laughs> Whenever I get new carpet in the house, that's it. I mean, there's something about it, the smell, the pile, it's all fluffy. You just got to roll around in it, preferably naked, but I didn't do that in the uh, elevator. Well, if you did, you didn't do it with us. At least I hope so, because it was a very small lift, and I would like to say I would have noticed. (laughs) Yes. But I will say, actually, you know, the one thing about that elevator, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, can we say lift yet? Elevator, it just seems, okay. What? Legally, we can't. Right. Mr. Uh, F will be oh, furious. Yes, of course yeah. he will. Yes. So, uh, no, uh, we have to say elevator. In fact, yeah, I, I, I don't, we don't have to say it that way, but I want to say it that way. Yes, of I've course. I've decided that. Uh, yeah, but anyway, here's the point. Um, in that elevator, with the carpet all over the walls, it was a wonderfully acoustic place. I was thinking we should record the show in there. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the first thing we said. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. We could, I could do the shed in the carpet. This would be glorious. It did sound really dead in there. Maybe that's the next thing. I, I, you know, I, as Mark knows only too well, I like to change things a lot. Oh, yes, of course. All and, our and you walls know need to be carpeted, Mr. Aflalo. I kind of like this idea. I'm thinking the roof, the walls, yep. everything. Yep. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine the heat? Well, that's yeah, one say, thing. Yeah, but I mean, we're. we're sitting in a mountain of foam tiles at the minute. So what's the difference? Well, you are. I'm sitting here with the finest... Um, oh, yeah, you are. ...finest studio yeah. uh, acoustics you can find. Thank, and, and when I say find, I mean... Um, steady, <laughs> they were actually down. found. <laughs> you found outside the studio skip. Yeah, yes, okay. a studio was being emptied and it happened yes. to empty itself into a van and head to where I live. I mean, it's just the convenience is incredible. 
I don't know how you get away with it, honestly. I was being like, thrown out. This is listen. I am saving the planet by having these sound baffles on the wall. Are you? How did you know they were being thrown out? Because I was told by the person who was throwing them out. Okay, all right. In case you think there's I'll something take, nefarious going on here, I'll Priest. take your word for it. Very yeah. good. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we did. We visited Site Village in the UK, which is uh, a big event. I mean, it, it's it's not quite CSUN, and it's certainly not CES. You know, it's it's a. Uh, uh, <laughs> You know, that definitely isn't. Definitely not those. But it is that kind of event where you go along and you you see lots of exhibits, lots of companies talking about the specialist tech that we like to talk about, and it's a great opportunity for people to get hands on with stuff. And let's be honest, after three years of being at home and only being able to touch ourselves, um, it's kind of nice Whoa. to go and touch something <laughs> else, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> We're just moving on. Uh, yes, it is. So for all our Canadian listeners, I, I can't believe it. Um, yes, when we say it's not like CSUN or CS, it, it, it is just what you imagine it to be. It is the British version. So it's all very much, would you like a cup of tea? Everyone's very tre- awkward. Um, and a trestle table. With, with, <laughs> yes, but it is excellent. And look, it's it's all of us getting together. It's, it's the VI community, right? And I, I love it when we get together like yeah. that. It's cool because you do meet up with people People that maybe you've only spoken to online, you know, on Clubhouse or whatever, and uh, getting hands-on with the products, always a great thing. Uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, anything stand out in particular? Because I know you got hands-on with some stuff. We didn't We didn't get a oh, chance to do much no. wandering about, sadly, because we were working. We were. We were interviewing. So, well, um, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We, we, we got our assistant, Jane, to do all the work, and... Yeah. We just sat there and talked, and she would feed us occasionally. I mean, it was wonderful. I feel the only thing that was missing from our little exhibit area was a cage with bars, because it kind of felt like we were monkeys in a cage, to be perfectly honest, minus the cage. No, yeah, we did get a few people coming up to say hello. That was nice. That's always nice. Don't feed them. Uh, Um, (laughs) They'll they'll throw things at you. Don't get too close to them. Um, I gotta say, look, the, the the wearables were the cool thing for me. Um, I did get a chance to go hands on with some Envision glasses, the Ooh, Google right, Glass. Okay. First time I've, first time I've, um, I've had, uh, I've managed to see the Google Glass. Um, and listen, we, we although we were together, I didn't really get a chance to ask you, yes, what your thoughts were because it was all a bit of a, a whirlwind at the end. But um, it was. So what, what did you think about them? Were they what you expected? I thought <sighs> no, they weren't what I expected, and let me tell you why because. They seem to be half and half. So the Google Glass itself is like a wireframe pair of glasses. And when I say wireframe, I mean wireframe. They were so delicate feeling. Um, the left leg, I'm going to say leg because I know that's what you like. Arm. The le- <laughs> Thank you. The left arm was so delicate and, and wire-like, and it just went, obviously, over your ear, and then across the side of your face, and then the frame port portion at the front didn't have any lenses in it at all. So it was just the, the top uh, bar, if you like, going across where your eyebrows would be. Uh, and then the right-hand leg or arm was so big in comparison, like this big, um, like Bose frames, you know, like the arms on there? Yeah. It was that sort of width. But on uh, one side. Just on one side. So it, it, it was really strange. It felt like lopsided. But actually, to be fair, when you put it on, it was so light that it actually you didn't feel any different. But I was I couldn't help but think, why didn't you just make it like a pair of bow frames? Make them like a big pair of sunglasses that you could double the battery uh, life for one thing with the, the size of the arm. It just from a, a design point of view, it just seemed really strange and lopsided. But anyway, that's by the by. That's Google Glass. That's nothing to do with Envision. Uh, but actually using them, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was something that I would really like to have, but it did nothing that seeing AI didn't, doesn't do with my phone held out in front of me. And for the price, I just couldn't, I wouldn't be able to justify that price point for me. Uh, for, you know, and, until it's something like Ira, and that, that's what it always comes down to. If I could connect to Ira or be my eyes using the, the, the Google Glass, that maybe would be a game changer. But at this moment, it's not available. It is simply doing the the same sort of features and functionality that seeing AI or Envision on any Android phone or, you know, any SuperSense, whatever you like, uh, Google Lookout, it's no better 
or no worse than them, except you don't have to get your phone out of your pocket. So how much do you think that is worth is entirely up to you, I guess? Well, that's ultimately it, right? And, you know, you and I have had this conversation on the move and we've had this conversation at Sight Village about the availability of glasses with cameras in them. And despite all our excitement for Apple or maybe even Google once again to bring out something which is more... Uh, market ready. And let's be honest, I think Google Glass was just a little bit ahead of its time. Yeah. I have a hunch that Apple will bring out these products, but they will not put cameras in them. Google might, but I I don't know. It just doesn't seem, especially Apple. I mean, I'm really into the whole Apple Glass thing. And of course, it's like, oh, what's it going to be like? I still to this day don't understand the whole VR and AR thing. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But I don't really understand the concept there, but I, I just don't see them putting cameras in, especially a company that is devoted to being as private as possible or, or at least being uh, privacy aware, you know, providing technology yeah. that doesn't take over people's lives and, you know, be... be... Yeah, I, I, I'm, just, I'm still not convinced by that. I think it's a different time. Again, I always go back to the Bluetooth headset. Mm. Um, you know, I know it's different because it's, it's a case of people wanting their own privacy, but... Bluetooth headsets were so, oh, you know, it was just so weird to see people wearing them. And then they just got accepted. And I think it's the same with cameras. I think people are wary about being filmed all the time and being, oh, am I streaming live to Facebook? But you know what? I think people are just going to get used to it, like security cameras, like CCTV in public buildings, out on the street. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a shift in, in people's perception. Of no, that. you're just Maybe, wrong. You're wrong. May- all right. Well, we will see or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, or maybe you'll have to just, you know, go for one of these products because they will provide the glasses and be more yes. acceptable. Um, yep. Yeah, it was an interesting time at Sight Village. Uh, lots of interesting tech, uh, which I'm sure we'll be uh, talking more about soon. Stick around, though, because lots of news this week to get into and more of your emails to come. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. Indeed, and we were touching tech this week at Site Village. I like that. I, I really don't like that name, and I don't know why. We, that's what we should have called the show, Touching Tech. No, stop Stephen. it. Oh, and oh, Sean. Don't, don't, don't take my name away from it. <laughs> Um, Camille Savoir writes in uh, regarding our town hall in Regina which you are going to be seeing on AMI-TV in the coming month he says this is July right we're into July now no we're not no we're not no no, not quite Yes. Yeah, it's as of Friday. Yeah, that's right, yeah, because it's not the 1st oh. of July, yeah. Honestly, I don't know what day it is anymore. No, I'm so confused. Uh, but in July, uh, AMI-TV will broadcast our Double Tap TV Town Hall specials <gasps> from Regina. We were where, in Regina. Where is, where is Regina again? It's in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan? Win. Wan. Saskatchewan. Camille yeah. Savoir writes, I've just heard Mark saying that he does not enjoy public speaking. Well, wow, for someone who does not, I thought you did a great job, says Camille. I know, that is so strange about Mark, right? But he honestly doesn't. He gets nervous. But he was amazing. It was like he was doing his own little chat show. Yeah, occasionally we had a chance to speak. It was nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was really good, but he does get nervous. So he says, I, I, you wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't know. Uh, Janine writes in as well. She says, uh, hi, guys. Just got a chance to listen to the latest Double Tap Canada show last week and uh, had a couple of things to say and share with you regarding Ira in airports. Now, first of all, I love using Ira in an airport for the very reasons that you stated during the segment. We talked about this last week, of course. Um, She says, I hate being just a piece of luggage to be put here and there. Now, if I were one of those blind people who really had no qualms about just taking off and asking people where I was and how to get back to the gate, it wouldn't be an issue for me. I'm not one of those people, though. I tried it before, and asking people and getting correct info is dodgy at best in an airport. And you're likely to get someone who will grab you and manhandle you to your gate, or at least to someone who looks official. Here's how I and many other people use Ira in an airport. Yes, I will generally just turn it on and go. I will also keep the agent on sometimes when I have one of the airport assistants just to be sure my dog is following them or to tell me what we're passing. This way, 
I can keep track of things should I want to leave the gate area once settled in. I often do leave the gate area to use the restroom. My point here is that using IRA isn't an either-or thing. Once I was walking with an airport escort person who was less than communicative. I got an agent to let me know if we were still with him and what we were passing. That way I wasn't just fuming about how annoying it was that he had limited English skills and wasn't talking to me. That kind Mm. of thing can make or break a trip. As for the wheelchair, it's also good to know that escorts need to keep the wheelchair with them, as it's not always easy to find another one when they need it. It's nothing personal. I had to laugh when you guys said that sometimes they can get you there faster. Most of the airline escorts I've had have been convinced that I must walk slowly or that they are so out of shape or whatever that they can't walk at my (laughs) speed even with a cane. (laughs) Sitting my bottom in a wheelchair wouldn't help. Besides, when using a guide dog, the whole wheelchair thing doesn't work anyway. I just put my stuff in it, carry on, etc., and go. The really interesting thing I've learned about airports is that there's a lot of artwork and interesting stuff along the concourses. I was flying through the Washington, D.C. airport with my guide dog, and we turned down a concourse with the IRA agent only to find that there was a series of flags from all the countries that had air service in that airport. It made this colourful, beautiful kind of space as you moved down the concourse, and I would never have known that it even existed. It really made my trip more enjoyable. Also, just calling out the various shops along the way, and then that, of course, means I end up spending more money in the airport each trip. One of the places at some of the US airports where you need both IRA and a helper is security. The last time I went through one of the New York airports, I was with someone, but we needed help from the TSA people who are managing the lines to get checked through. There were no delimited lines. The IRA agent had a lot of trouble keeping up with uh, where we were being directed. Finally, about all they could do was to tell me if I could uh, or was going to run into anyone. What tends to happen is that uh, you go through one of those rope maze lines, then you're directed to stand in a line with no ropes or other boundaries at the conveyor belt and check-in station appropriate to your ticket and level of trusted traveller credentials. It ends up that people just seem to mill around everywhere and it's hard to know if you're in a line, much less the correct one. At the airport in question, the TSA people saw and moved us several times until our wait to get checked in was significantly less than most people. This was great, but even the sighted person with me would never have figured it out just by being told, go over to line 8B. Sadly, (laughs) the only airport in the UK that uh, Ira serves right now is Gatwick. We were in Heathrow, where you definitely need someone to help along with the agent, and we're trying to get into Glasgow. Hopefully soon we'll have more locations out there. In Canada, we are at Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton and Vancouver. Now that we uh, do have uh, limited, and now that we do have very limited support for French, we are looking at Montreal as well. The two largest hubs in the US, Chicago O'Hare and Hartsfield Atlanta, are not IRA access locations. Long story, but let's just say the reasons are maddening. Luckily, other large hubs, all of the New York City hubs uh, and airports, Charlotte, North Carolina, Phoenix, Arizona, they are set up with free IRA. And we should definitely talk travel about uh, with IRA sometime, even everything from basic navigation with street crossings to airports and mall. And that is from Janine with her luggage. So there you go. Oh, very good. With her IRA uh, fedora on. Yes, so time, I feel. absolutely. So Janine, uh, for, for clarity, she works for IRA. Um, and yeah, she's been uh, telling us uh, along the way about various things, but she does like uh, writing in in a personal capacity. Um, She does. And, you know, that's the thing, right? Because, you know, obviously Janine is blind. She uses Ira as a customer as well as working there. Um, And it just goes back to the point we were talking about last week of the importance of it, but I I really like that point. It's not an either-or. And I think that's that's the challenge sometimes, isn't it? I mean, what I was getting at last week was... That the, the problem for me is when I'm traveling, I kind of want to do it myself. But the problem is that sometimes you fall short somewhere and you think, there's no one to help me. No one knows. Yep. And if I, if I ask someone, they might not know either. And in fact, on one occasion, I was thinking about this last week. On one occasion, I remember being in an airport and I asked someone the gate number. And they said, oh, it's, it's gate number whatever. And as I walked away, I heard laughing. And just for a second, I thought, hmm. So I asked someone else can you just tell me the gate number? And it was a different gate number they told me. No way. And I thought, wow, you were, you were sending me somewhere totally different. Um, and the, the laughing was obviously, yeah, whatever, you know. You take, go back and you, you that guy. just terrible. Uh, that happens, though. That happens. I mean, I've had it no. with bus numbers. I've had it with, you know, is this mm. the number 40, whatever? Yeah, 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 whatever. And then the guy's like, 
or, and I've done it. I actually once got on a train. The guy was so pleasant. He said, no problem at all. I'll help you on the train. He puts me on the train. It turns out the train was going completely the other way or or somewhere else. And, I, and I, the only conclusion sometimes is I try not to go straight to the everyone's terrible and they're all out to get us. No, it's, it's sometimes yeah. just maybe he made a mistake. Yeah, maybe he was just an idiot. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> well, not, that's another not, option, yeah. Not a vicious idiot. Just, I mean, <laughs> a know. nice idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just vacant. Ignorant. A little vacant person. Oh, poor vacant people. <laughs> i got to say, though, look, uh, absolutely right. It's not an either or. and it, it's uh, Ira isn't the answer. No, either. Uh, Ira isn't you, the answer. You're telling me I just speak English. Wow. <laughs> for everything. Uh, like on the train coming back the other day, from Site Village, um, I needed the toilet. I couldn't hold it any longer. I needed the toilet, so I went on a little travel down the corridor trying to find it. And I was going to use Ira, but I couldn't. I couldn't get a stable connection. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's again, that's the big thing. Not everywhere, especially indoors, is it possible to keep a stable internet connection, making it possible to use Ira. Um, so I, I'd asked, I asked someone, and um, oh, they were absolutely terrible. Oh, really? I mean, I. I God love them. I know they were trying to be that they were so bad. It was oh, it's just there on your left. So I feel to my left. No, no, the other side. But then that's called the right. And I'm getting I'm getting more and more irritated. You know, and you're biting your tongue. You say, oh, it doesn't matter. Thank you. Uh, it's okay. It's fine. And just a bit more. And then I touch someone's head, and someone's just someone stood next to me, just watching me. It's like just please, just someone just. just Knock on the door or something. Just show me where it is. How many people don't know where the difference between left and right? Or I don't know. It just people tend to choke up when they're dealing with. Well, at least me. But if they're dealing with someone with a disability, they seem to just freeze. Do you know like what it is? It's, 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 it's as if a, it's as if a, I don't know. You remember those? I don't. I make of it, but the expensive vase or something that's just been handed to you, and you've been told this is worth eight million pounds, and if you drop yes, it, you're going right. to pay me eight million pounds. And that's how they treat you. They treat you like a, you know, they're terrified to get it wrong. I know, exactly. And by doing that, they get it wrong. Yeah. And so I just had to stand there. So I just Chill stopped. Out, guys. You know? I stood there and I said, okay, just tell me from here, is it on my right or on my left? And I had to walk them through it step by step. And then, of course, I'm feeling guilty because I don't want to get annoyed with them because they're helping me, yeah. right? But at the same time, it's like, oh, please, it's, it's, this doesn't have to be that difficult. You know, you oh. could solve the problem really quickly in that situation. Yes. Just undo your trousers and just go. Oh, well. Because no. let's be honest, then they'll I'm get you to Scottish. the toilet. <laughs> they'll get, they'll, they will find the restroom for you very quickly in that moment. I you guarantee you'll be chucked in there. I bet they just look at each other and say, oh, look That's at That's a shame. Doesn't know where he is. I, I actually think, gather close, right? But I think yeah. we could probably get away with pretty much I, anything. I think. I think. I think we really we could. could. I had a we friend. Shouldn't. I had a friend once, right, who went into a computer store. She picked up a printer, uh, so she has the box in hand, and she just uh, she just walks out. She's with someone, and the person just takes her out the store. And she, as she's walking out the door, she gets outside the shop, and she says, "I haven't paid for this." So she walks back in, and she <laughs> walks up to as she's walking towards the the the, the, the place you pay. The security guard walks up and says, are you okay? And she says, yeah. She said, I'm surprised you've ever noticed. I walked out the door, had this printer, haven't paid for it. And the guy said the strangest thing I've ever heard. He said, oh, I thought you knew what you were doing. <laughs> and we're like, wow. what does that mean? Is that a compliment? Is that an insult? Is that, <laughs> I don't does that know. reflect badly on him or her? <laughs> I, th- I thought you knew you were stealing it or it didn't yeah. matter. Or She said, but I could have just carried on. And no one would have said a word, probably. I've come back to get some extra ink. Just walk out with that as well. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, was, I was looking for that laptop. Can you hand me that box? <laughs> it's the white stick effect, right? Or the guide dog effect, whatever it may be. It's like, don't look over here. Look at this. It's, yeah. um, it, it is strange. But look, I think Ira, I still say Ira and services like Be My Eyes, they are game changers. I don't think they've lived up to their full potential yet. Again, we're going back to wearables. Mm. But, um, and, and again, not just actually wearables, also data connections. Uh, maybe when 5G is so widespread, it make a bigger difference. But I don't think we can overestimate or, or over-exaggerate uh, how great and how, what a difference services like Ira and BMIIs can make. Yeah. Uh, absolutely amazing. Well, it's interesting you talk about the hardware because that allows us to talk about what is potentially 
coming down the line because we know we everyone seems to know, although no one knows anything, but everyone's got an idea of what is coming from Apple in regards to glasses. Now, I think what we think is coming and certainly what is due to come out soon is nowhere near where we are because I have it in my head. It's glasses with a heads-up display, speakers in them, possibly a camera, although I'm very doubtful of that. Maybe at least a, a LiDAR sensor. But this is something you would wear out and about. You would wear these yeah. like you'd wear your Bose frames or anything else. What seems to be coming is a VR AR headset, which can do I have no idea what. But this is not for walking around the streets. This is for at home, I guess. I mean, this is what I don't understand. This is I cannot get in my head what Apple are going to create here. Now, we got a little bit of a hint that it's not far away because of a podcast where Tim Cook was talking to uh, the China Daily podcast and was asked the question about, well, generally about AR and, and up until now, the technology has not been great. And, you know, asking Tim's view on this and, and you know, what might change. Here is a little bit of that exchange between the, the host of the China Daily podcast and Tim Cook. Chinese consumers are highly enthusiastic about VR and AR technologies, but some of them are not very satisfied with the products currently available on the market. So what do you think are the key factors for AR products such as AR headsets to succeeding in the mm. consumer market? That's a great question. Uh, I am incredibly excited about AR, as you might know. And the critical thing to, to any technology, including AR, is putting humanity at the center of it. And that is what we focus on every day. Uh, right now, as an example, we have over 14,000 AR kit apps in the App Store, which provide AR experiences for millions of people around the world. But I think despite that, we're still in the very early innings of how this technology will evolve. Uh, I couldn't be more excited about the opportunities we see in this space and sort of stay tuned and uh, you'll, you'll see what we have to offer. Now that line at the end, just the last few words at the end of that comment from Tim Cook or that answer from Tim, is something we don't hear very often. And that is a preview. We never hear that. We never really get, especially when it comes to a new product category, they're always nope. a little bit, well, you know, it's not something we talk about. We never bit. talk about it. They never, they're so secretive. They exactly. don't let anything go. Now, stay tuned, suggests yeah, that, that no, is no, no, soon. No, I disagree, you see, because everyone is focusing on the stay tuned comment. And for me, that could refer back to, um, let's see where this technology is going to evolve to. It doesn't necessarily mean he's referring to, you know, our product. It was the line after, the very last line, what we have to offer. Yeah. That's the key thing. So he's, he's there nailing it down. We are getting into this market. We are getting into AR. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the thing for me. So we do have confirmation that something is coming. We knew it was, but of course, you know, but what could that be? As you said, there has been a lot of talk about it being a headset. Uh, and when you think of a headset, you're thinking of a gaming headset. Nothing you would wear outside. Something for home use. I don't know what Apple would do with that. I cannot imagine. But hey, this is where Apple get their genius from. They would, would find something. But Apple isn't isn't a gaming uh, concern. It, it, they don't care about gaming to that level. So I can't see it being used for that. So what would you use it for in the house, an AR headset? I have absolutely no idea. I just don't know. I don't know. I have a feeling when we finally see this, in person or, you know, on screen or, you know, however we, we, we initially when we see it announced, I think we'll be blown away. I just have this hunch that it's going to be something where we'll go, wow, this is where it's going. You know, I, I'm mm. almost tempted to say, because a lot of people are comparing it to the Apple Watch. They're saying, well, it's a new category. It's like the Apple Watch. It's a new platform, very much in a, no, not, not assistant, what would you call it? A, um What's the word for it? You know, an accessory, a companion. Yeah, exactly, a companion. That's right. So, yeah. a companion product alongside your phone, and that may be the case alongside a MacBook or whatever. But it's what that companion can do, and I'm wondering if they're heading towards because, like you say, they're not gaming's not really their thing. No. But what about the experience of computing, just wearing a headset? 
And that's where I think it may well be going. That it, and that's a very visual thing. So there's a lot of question marks over what we would gain out of that as blind people. We know that the product will have accessibility in it because it's Apple. They will build productivity in. We can be sure of that. But what will it actually do? It's one thing being accessible, but what is it? What's it good for? And I absolutely nothing. Say it again. <laughs> what Thank is you. it good for? <laughs> Look, I, I, there could be two separate product lines here because it could be that. Do you remember the old Sony headset, which was just like watching a what they used to say a forty-inch TV? You know, oh, yeah, I've, I've got one from TCL. TCL sent me one. It's the they did two hundred-inch exactly. TV on a screen, you know, on, but wearing it in you know just, just glasses that are connected to uh, a phone. I would need to have an Android phone because it was USB C. Come on, Apple. Yeah, come on, Apple. But no, no, I mean, who's to say it couldn't be something like that? Simply a head-worn display. Yeah. Right. That that would be incredibly disappointing. But what I'm saying is, we're getting mixed rumors here yeah. about what's being made on offer. It could just be simple as that—a heads a heads up display or something. Uh, but I think I think it is more likely to be a companion wearable device. Um, may not even have um, a heads up display, a, a display at all built into the glasses. It may just be something you wear with the lidar in, with the uh, spatial audio. You know the the is able to do certain things using your phone's processor. Yeah. Maybe that is the first step. Maybe the visuals will come along later on. I, who knows at this stage? I don't know, but it's exciting that Steve, uh, Steve Jobs, that Tim has actually said, we are in this. You know, This is going to happen. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to know what they're doing with it. And I do think it will be rather spellbinding. I mean, this is, Tim Cook has said in previous interviews and has certainly intimated in various things, that um, in articles and such like that, that, that he wants to have this product category launched or a product category launched, not saying it was AR. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be the car, actually. Um, but there was cutbacks. They lost the C and now they're just left with the AR. Yes, well done. Um, thank you. It's very clever. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> you can use that, Tim. <laughs> uh, but you know, he wants to see a new product category launched before he steps down as CEO. And uh, this will likely be it. And uh, we'll see what that brings. I mean, but, you know, it's interesting because uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this in the podcast, June 29th was the 15th anniversary of the launch of the iPhone. And that's pretty incredible when you think how things have come along. And we all know how the iPhone changed everything. I mean, it really did change everything. Yep. And a lot I know and I know the Android boys and girls are all Android's good too. Yes, but it didn't come along and shake the world the way that, that I can Apple only apologise, Android users. We know you don't talk like that. Yes, it's you absolutely do. fine. Yeah, You're gorgeous and we love you. And never happy. <laughs> That's Dave Brown. I mean he's never happy. Every time I talk to him, he's, oh. he's always frustrated, is our Dave. And I think I, I know no, why. I no, I think he's always hung over when it comes to Dave. He's always, yeah. Yeah, he's, first thing we, in the You know morning, he likes a bar. Yeah, well, this is right. true. I've heard that, yeah. It's those, it's those endless <laughs> sports events he's at, you see. He's got to cut that back. Ah, uh, he's such a man. Wow. Well, there you go. Some toxic, toxic masculinity for you to chuck yes. in there. Well done. Well done, well done Sean. Can we offend Sorry. anyone else? Um, oh, dear. But, I mean, look, that product, the iPhone, it did change everything. And it brought about what is you know, the modern smartphone and all the stuff that comes with it and the way we interact with technology. I mean, would it have happened anyway? Possibly. Although looking at, if you look at the, the options on show around the time of the iPhone, you had BlackBerry, you had Pam, you had various others, but... Pam. Pam. Palm. Pam. Pam. I can't say it. P-A-L-M. Oh, Pam. yeah. Palm, yeah. The trio... Um, Oh, yeah. Remember the trio? I'm trio. I think it was a case of the iPhone was so successful because smartphone technology was was getting there, right? But the iPhone was so successful that it pushed so much money into the development of this technology. We wouldn't have the cameras that we have. We wouldn't have the batteries that we have now. And the, the battery technology, which leads on to drones, which leads on to uh, data connectivity, the amount but of data you know we something? have. I, I, do, I honestly don't believe any other company would have got to the... the well, maybe eventually, but I think a lot of it was down to the fact that it, you know Steve Jobs in particular, and this and people say to me, "Why are you an Apple fanboy?" You know, we get so many emails and people. I, I talk about Apple and the challenges with Apple, and people mm. say, "Well, if it's if it's that terrible, why do you use it? Uh, why do you have all these challenges with it?" But I think the, the the point is that design and quality were always at the heart of it. 
and that was clear with the iPhone as well, that it was about it wasn't just about shifting units. Yes, of course, eventually it did, and they've got to make money, you know. But Apple wasn't in a great place before the iPhone. Certainly not before the iPod. Apple was in a bad way. I mean, a lot of people might have thought at that time it was finished. I mean, the computing side was pretty naff at that point. There was a lot of challenges because there wasn't a lot of um, cross-platform capability. So if you bought a Mac, you were kind of tied into that world and you really couldn't, you know, you couldn't even share a file very easily. Um, (laughs) So, you know, the the, the prospect of that company lasting on its its trajectory at that point was, was actually pretty slim. But then the iPod came along and the uh, ability, I mean, I will say as well, a, an incredible marketing team behind all these products who really, oh, yeah. they know how yeah. to sell, you know. It's all about the image, right? And it's interesting because, you know, we talk about the iPhone, then we talk about um, the, the, the new category that's coming. And more closer to home, um, we're seeing rumours, uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but July 15th is the likely date of the launch of the MacBook Air. Whether that's pre-orders or whether that's actually available to buy, Um that's quite interesting as well. July 15th is a date that's that's um, mooted here um, by several uh, sources. But what I will say is um, if you're buying, if, if you're out in the market today looking to buy a MacBook and you think, you know, you maybe thought, well, maybe I'll just pick up a MacBook Pro because that new 13-inch has got the, the M2 processor in it as well the new yeah. MacBook Air. Don't bother. Get the MacBook Air. Don't even bother with that MacBook Air or MacBook Pro 13-inch. It is terrible. It Ooh, is awful. Wow. No, wow. terrible. The worst Breaking idea. news. It Exclusive. Is, if Apple, you know, I'll call them out when they make mistakes. That was a mistake. That was just loads of stuff lying around and they thought, let's just shove an M2 in it and get it on the shelves. Uh, well, Complete waste of time. Some people may love the touch bar experience, Stephen Scott. Touch bar is terrible. Waste of time. Yeah. Yes, fully accessible. I know there's loads of people, yeah, it's very accessible. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's accessible or not. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Doesn't you know? It doesn't make it a better idea, a better concept. All right, just because it's accessible. Right, right. Let's go to a break. Calm down. Have a cup of tea. I feel better now. Uh, Stick around because we're going to go from AR to AI next. Oh, Oh, yes, very interesting and rather concerning news story this week. Stick around. (laughs) Double Tap Canada will be back after this. is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. We do appreciate your emails. If you want to get in touch, feedback at ami.ca as we've had uh, Camille and Janine do this week. If you want to get involved in our conversation, if you've got something you want to say, uh, then you can send us in an email in a text form. You could also record something on your smart device or on your computer. And you could email it to us, you know, attach it. Remember those days? We'd attach things to emails. Attachments? Fax it to us. Why not? Fax in your... Exactly, yeah. We could play out... I don't know what Morse code is. Um, That's close. Close enough, right? Uh, So Amazon. This is an interesting story this week. I don't know if you uh, have been reading much on this, but Amazon showed off at an event. uh, Human empathy, which is something they've been working Mm. on, uh, and this is an idea where, you know, essentially you are able to make voices sound more empathetic. So, for example, I think the end result of this, at least what, what I read out of it was that, you know, if you shouted at Lady A, she'd shout back or she'd say, don't shout at me or something. Um, yes. And then if you That's were great. nice, it would be nice back, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, essentially it would react to your voice and the empathy of the voice or the, the tone of the voice. Um, well, let's say they've taken it a little bit further <laughs> with this new story, which I've got to say, I, I don't know how I feel about this one. So they've announced that they can uh, replicate a dead person's voice with just a minute of an audio recording. Wow. And what they're doing is they're not, this is not, the way they sort of pitched it was they didn't look at this problem, as they call it, if indeed it is a problem. They, um, because you know, we're all hankering to hear you know Uncle Joe again. Um, but they're basically doing it where instead of looking at this as let's take hours and hours of recordings and turn this into something, they're, they're sort of basically changing voice. That's all they're doing. They're using the technology, the foundation they've built for Lady A and all the associated voices, Ziggy as well, I guess. Um, and they're just layering on top of that 
this other voice and being able to build on. And they can do that with a very, you know, a, a, just a bit of process changing, essentially, on, on board, which, I mean, when you think about it, is incredible. But they actually demoed this. Do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear this? This is an example of someone who has passed on um, reading a book. Okay. Yeah. Alexa, can Grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? Okay. But how about my courage? Ask the lion anxiously. You have plenty of courage, I am sure, answered Oz. All you need is confidence in yourself. Now, that's a very short demo. Um, that's all they well, played when they... Yes. Was Grandma a, a text-to-speech synthesizer at all? Was yes, she? she was. In her life, that's exactly also, what she was. Uh, I've, I've got it on my new iPhone uh, with the iOS 16 previews called Grandma. Um <laughs> It's wow. clearly it's clearly synthesizing the voice, right? I mean, it's not it's not creating a perfect replica of Gran. Yeah, but that's just such a difficult. I mean, that that demonstration itself wasn't a great demonstration because her voice was pretty much standard anyway. I don't want to I don't want to dismiss and <laughs> put down a passed away grandma. Of course not. But I'm just saying, it wasn't the greatest change, was there? It wasn't a great variance in between that and a TTS anyway. So. I mean, is that down to the one minute of audio? The the they they can't actually replicate a voice. I don't know. That's just a terrible demo. I think. But, well, we don't know what. I mean, I would actually have liked to hear from that. If that was a real, you know, they weren't mocking this up. Um, you know, it's actors playing the parts and stuff. If if that was a genuine story of someone's grandmother, I would love to have heard back from the person. You know, the grandson. There, That's right. To yeah, actually yeah. say, you know, that was bang on or well, let's, no, let's hear the audio recording of the grandmother yeah the, you know, the original voice yeah. and let, let's see because it, look if you're going to do it it's either in bad taste or it isn't so if we're going to do it let's do it right let's that's okay you can recreate you know passed away loved ones i don't know how i feel about that as a concept anyway well, I'm here's, sure. here's another here's another way to look at it right so you may have pictures and we all do have pictures um of loved ones from the past now Obviously, for us, pictures aren't great, but but let's just imagine for a second using that as an analogy. Pictures fade over time, right? The images fade, if, especially if it's like my, my grandmother. I've got pictures from her from the the 30s and the 40s, you yeah. know, where it was just you know that was it. This is this this picture is all you've got, and over time it fades. It washes the color washes out of it if there was even color in it in the first place. Um. And I still look at that picture and I will still try and look at her face and I'll still try and get the detail. It's not the same, but I know it's her. And yeah. I, I wonder if that's if this is an audio version of that where it's not exact, but it's close. And it's close enough to give you the memory. Now, that then leads to the question, Is do we want that? And do we want that to be able to do things like read me a recipe book or... You know, read me the TV guide for tonight. I, 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 this is where I kind of feel it's a bit weird, but for some people that might be might be wonderful. I, I just, I don't know. I've got so many yeah, mixed I, feelings about it. Yeah, and it's, it's a personal thing with any of this, right? I mean, how many people, I've got recordings of the voicemail messages from people that I've lost. Mm. Um I don't listen to them very often, but I know I've got them there. That maybe that's our version of a, a photograph. I don't know, but um, oh, it's a strange one. I don't know because it's artificial. I, it's that sort of thing. It, it's different from keeping an audio clip, an audio recording of a loved one. But uh, recreating someone, I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's it, they did something similar. Was that Google who did the the um, reanimating of a loved one's photographs? Um, yes. Yeah, that could, that felt even more weird. Exactly, bringing them back to life. You mix that with this and being able to recreate their voices to an extent. I, I don't know a virtual grandma. I, I, yeah, it's there's something about it that I don't like. It maybe it's the uncanny valley sort of thing that you know it's not real. Uh, and what are you getting there? I mean, getting your grandma to read Fifty Shades. Come on, that's that's enough now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, sorry, that's not ideal for sure. Well, some people might be into that, not for me. Um, but I, I wonder about all this stuff because I, I think, as a, you know, if you're a kid growing up in five, ten years' time, this is going to be the world that you know. And I think, in some ways, there's a danger 
there's a real societal danger here of not letting go of people because you will never need to. Yeah, but is that a good thing or a bad no, thing? I, I Does that if... help with grief or is that a hindrance of acceptance? Well, then, then, you st- then it, it does raise the question of AI itself becoming sentient to the degree that, frankly, if you're going to live the rest, if you're going to live with, 80, 80, say, 80 years with someone or 80 years of a life becomes an AI in the end, and therefore you just carry on that life, frankly, what's the difference between just living with an AI? You know, so... Yes, it comes to right. the case, we, we can't tell the difference between humans and AI anymore. Um, I, I don't know if that's a good place we want to be. Maybe it is. I, it's I don't know. It, it's, it, it, it's a world we don't understand because it's not a world we live. Um, it, no. Of course it feels odd to us. But then if I had said to you 20 or even 30 years ago, I'm going to give you a device that you can speak to the air and it will speak back to you and it'll answer your questions. You would be you'd be freaked out. I mean, I, I'd love to. I, I think there are actually examples of this where people have tried stuff like this before, you know, Lady A or whatever, and it's not worked out. Um, but the, they've tried it on people and they've just been freaked out by it. It's just no, that that's I, there's no way on earth you would use it. It's the context. If I said to talk- you twenty, thirty years ago, I'm going to give you this uh, flat screen of glass. And you're going to run yeah, your finger no, over no, it. And, no, no, you know what I mean? It's, it's like it's just, things no, we, change yeah, we're, generationally we're talking, over time. We're talking emotions here, though. That's what that's the difference is. We're not talking about a tool that can give us information, no matter how cool the interface is, holographic or audio or whatever it may be. We're talking about replacing human emotions. And that's what I'm not sure about. We also talked about a story not long ago, I think, was uh, talking about using AI as a companion. For lonely people. And again, that makes me feel really uncomfortable because it isn't. is isn't replacement for a human being. It isn't. It's it's a, a simulation and a poor one at best of, of a human response. I, I, I don't like it when we're trying to replace human emotions with AI. I don't think we're there. I think we're a long way off. Uh, some news coming up uh, for our Dave Brown, if he likes going out drinking. Um, I, suddenly we've decided that Dave goes out <laughs> yes, drinking. Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true Stephen or not. Says. But, you yeah. know, we read it on the internet somewhere. Yeah, so, yeah it's uh, true. Yeah. Uh, but we've got some good advice for Dave, if he is going out drinking, what not to take with him, because it could uh, destroy humanity. Oh. I'll tell you that in a sec. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> This is Double Tap Canada. Now, back to the show. Uh, listen, before we go, we're nearly at the end. Uh, this story. <laughs> Can I just say, that was the best throwaway line I've ever heard. That could destroy humanity. I'll tell you about that in just a second. <laughs> Coming up next, the end of the planet. Uh, well, here, how about this? Uh, so this guy goes out drinking, and we've all done it, right? We're going for a couple of drinks on the town. and mm-hmm. Daiquiri. Yeah. Next morning, you wake up with something missing. Maybe it's your wallet, maybe it's your keys, maybe it's your phone, or maybe, if it's the case of an unnamed contractor working out of Japan, it's a flash drive holding the personal information of around half a million residents. (laughs) This was reported by the national news outlet NHK, uh, which says this unidentified person was a contractor um, working in a city, uh, specifically tasked, his job was to disperse subsidies to residents that were hardest hit by the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, now, details of those specific residents and the rest of the city's four, uh, 465,000 taxpayers were held on this single flash drive, which somehow found its way into a bag that he took with him on a Wednesday night bender. Several hours of drinking later, he woke up on the street nearby the bar. <laughs> That's never a good start. Um, he wakes up on the street next to the bar. The bag, the flash drive, nowhere to be seen. Now he said, uh, we, we, now we, "We don't know how good the night was, although clearly he woke up on a street, which suggests it might not have been a bad night." Um, yeah. <laughs> or he's a werewolf. One of the two. One Who of the knows? two. Yeah, uh, but we know about it because he had to file an incident report. Imagine that, right? Imagine having to file a report to say, um, "So you know uh, that yeah. flash drive you gave me, all the stuff for the whole town on it? I've lost it." Uh, so this this held we think, basic information for about 460,000 citizens, including names, birthdays, addresses, genders, and date of becoming residency. Um, Tax information for about 360,000 people. Uh, Account information for about 86,000 people who received welfare benefits, child support, or both. All on this thing. So, not great. Nothing to worry about. 
it's exactly. all fine. However, yeah, nothing important. I can give you the latest news uh, on this. Now, I should also say that the report noted that the files on the USB were encrypted and password protected. But even so, people in the town were a little peeved, to put it mildly. Yeah. Um, the city's lines were flooded with 30,000 calls and complaints, uh, worrying about the data being used for identity theft or fraud. Um, but the good news is that the bag was found very quickly, actually, and there was no proof that anyone had tried to crack into the USB or change the password. Um, however, and, and they did put out a, a press release with an apology, so that's fine. Um, and they said that everything looks fine. Uh, the city says it's still trying to assess whether any of the data was leaked. Um, and they say hopefully that uh, might have meant that the uh, ongoing headache for the contractor will now have eased. So there you go. Oh, that's very clever. Oh, no, I get it. Oh, yeah. Hungover, headache. Yeah, uh, very good. Nightmare in City. I mean, wow. You've got to be careful what you take. I mean, I I lost a keyboard at Site Village, if anyone's looking. If anyone has found a keyboard in the UK UK area. Um, (laughs) Any Canadians in the UK? (laughs) If if you're walking by and you you, uh, notice a keyboard just lying randomly in a street um, alongside a Japanese man... Um, <laughs> the Japanese man is Stevens. The, the, give the make sure the Japanese man gets his USB back, uh, and I get my keyboard back. That's all I'm asking for. It's not much. It's not much. How, I'm asking. How for. on earth was he able to take so much data out of the, the company in the first place? That should not have left the premises. No, but do you know what? I mean, this happens all the time. I mean, we've seen it product leaks do. like this. We've seen these products that disappear off and end up in bars overnight. There's too many people going drinking. Too many people enjoying themselves. You should all be working from home. Yeah, stay in your sheds, people. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> anyway, that was a good show. Enjoyed that. Thank you for Thank uh, you. being with me this week. Mark back next week, and of Missed course, you, Mark. Yeah, no, it was nice. It was nice to get a uh, catch I'm up. Back to the bottom of the bill again next week. Uh, next week is uh, Mark Affalano is here. Yeah, that's showbiz. And there's Sean Priest. <laughs> catch you next week, guys. Thanks Bye-bye. for listening, and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.